just can't believe you haven't seen it. Every episode, we discuss a movie one of us has seen and the other hasn't. Follow us on Instagram at FlabberPod and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. I'm your guest host, Annie. Let's get to it. Hi, Annie. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to record with you. Me too. I'm so happy you asked. So this came about because I think Annie posted on Instagram like her top, your top favorite movies or just top favorite Christmas movies. It was like, it was a trend on Instagram I had seen some people do. It just said like six movies to get to know me. And it's like your top six movies that like describe who you are as a person. And I happened to put this particular movie um, as one of my number one movies. So the movie we're talking about today is Love Actually, which totally lined up because it was a Christmas movie, right? Yes. But I, I haven't seen this movie. I've heard about it a lot. I've seen the clips of him doing the signs with Keira Knightley. Yeah, classic. A lot. Yeah. But I've never actually watched the movie which is nuts oh you know what i didn't even check what year this movie was in do you know it 2003 oh look at you go you really liked the movie oh yeah um my husband and i are actually planning on going this week uh amc is doing a 20th anniversary release of it so i'll finally get to see it in theaters because you know i was um very young when it came out (laughs) Probably not a movie that you watched when it came out. Correct. So how did you like come across this movie? It was a a movie. This is kind of silly. Um, but when I was probably in high school, Harry Styles, we all know and love Harry Styles. He, in an interview, had said that it was like his favorite movie. And I was like, oh, I've heard of it. You know, it's like like you. I've seen the sign thing. And I know it's like kind of a British comedy whatever but then I told my mom I was like oh Harry Styles says he really likes love actually and my mom was like you're ready like it's time (laughs) um so it's actually like a really it's a movie that my mom really loved when it came out um and so when I was old enough to finally watch R-rated movies she was like this is gonna be our thing so it's now kind of a tradition that I watch it with my mom every Christmas Oh, see, that's so great. And I feel bad because I'm like, huh, this is not a movie I will probably watch every Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. You know, everybody's got the one and, you know, that's that's good. I love it. Okay, let me read the little blurb. Uh, The ultimate romantic comedy follows seemingly unrelated people as their lives begin to intertwine while they fall in and out of love. Affections languish and develop as Christmas draws near. Yeah. Okay, so Annie posted on Instagram. I was like, Annie, I've never seen that. You want to you want to podcast with me? She said, yes, I watched the film and here we are. And the first thing I thought when the credits roll, well, actually, I do love the cast. There's a lot of great people. Oh, yeah. That are in this cast. But the thing that I thought was uh, Hugh Grant starts with this super cutesy, like, um, voiceover. I couldn't remember what it's called. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's cute. And then we catch the song being sung, right? Isn't that like the next thing that happens? Mm -hmm. And I'm like. 
there is a marketing blunder. Like, why did they not market this song for like everything? And then as I watched the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) They talk about it so much. Yeah. Um, I wasn't prepared for the nudity. I actually was not. I didn't even realize it was rated R. Yeah. So the first time I watched it with my mom, I probably was... like maybe too young to see like why it was rated R all the reasons it was rated R. Um, so she would show me like the TV cut, which totally takes out all of Colin, you know, Colin's the guy that goes to America specifically to get laid. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it totally cuts out his storyline and it totally cuts out the stand in actor. So Martin Freeman, uh, his whole storyline, which, you know, those are both, really cute in their own ways. Um, but yeah, so then when I was probably finally 18, I was like, oh my gosh, the real extended, you know, the real director's <laughs> cut has a lot of nudity. Yeah. Like, so did you feel like you saw something that you had missed out with those two storylines? Yes. And I think it's because I honestly, I'll say it here. And if I get, if I get canceled on your podcast, I'm sorry, I'm never coming back. (laughs) Um, But Colin's storyline is like funny, but it's missable. I'm like, it's, I could take it or leave it. But Martin Freeman's storyline where they're, you know, they stand in actors for like porn stars, (laughs) but they're like the two most innocent, like quaint, charming people you've ever met. I love that. Yeah, they're just so like sort of awkward and- very authentic. Yeah. Kind of. I really liked them. I did not love the call. I was like, I don't even need this storyline. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even need you in my life right now. It but was, I did love yeah. the, the stand-in actors. Although I was also like, I don't really, but just, it was just cute how they were like in a really sort of awkward situation, but that wasn't really the awkward thing about them. Yeah. The awkward thing about them was like trying to like get to know each other, maybe ask, you know, to go on a date. It was just, yeah, it's really, it's really cute. All right. What's next for you? I have like the prime minister Mm -hmm. gets elected. And then I was like, I should rabbit trail this. When are the elections for prime minister? It is an elected office, but then I got distracted with the rest of the movie and I stopped, (laughs) I stopped looking for it. So fair enough. I don't know when you elect a prime minister. (laughs) (laughs) But I also thought it was kind of, Okay, I I got too far ahead of me, but I did take some notes on my phone, but I thought the prime minister line was storyline was like kind of interesting, but I also wrote Colin Firth storyline is crazy like oh no, he goes to the wedding. Mm-hmm. When did, who goes to the funeral? Uh Emma Thompson goes to Liam Neeson's wife's funeral. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. I like Emma Thompson and they're at the funeral and honestly the first thing I thought of was how much did she weigh? Because they had only four people carrying the casket. True. I feel like that's kind of a light. They must be kind of buff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I did, speaking of Liam Neeson's, loved his storyline because the little boy, like that's the best ever. They yeah. were just adorable. The whole thing about love brought them together. Right. As even though they were like, amongst this grieving process which i really liked yeah so that was great okay sorry i got totally off track there no, you're the, good the four people to carry the casket oh <laughs> i wrote down that's a choice that's a choice, choice right there yeah 
newsflash, there probably was not a body in that casket when they filmed that scene. So they only needed four people to carry it. Yeah, it was just a, it was an empty box. Secret pet peeve of mine is when I watch movies and they're carrying around luggage Mm. and they're not being realistic in how much that luggage should appear to weigh. Like, listen, it's not, it shouldn't look like it's an empty bag. I'm just throwing it out there. Sure. But anyways, so I do, I also have a note, like I like uh, Laura Linney, if I said Mm -hmm. her name correctly, she's really fun. And I think it's funny that she walks into the office and He's like, let's make this happen. Yeah. You need to go on a date with him. Let's make this happen. Every time I see that scene, um, because now, you know, Ian watches it with me every year now. Every time we watch that scene, we think, is there an HR department at this company? Because what if if your boss really, truly did say, hey, I noticed that you have a crush on your coworker. You guys should totally hook up. Yeah. That's nuts. I just don't think that would be appropriate. But then I watch Bridget Jones's diary and I'm right. like, there's a lot of stuff happening in there. That's not really quote to work appropriate either. So I don't know. Is that a Britain thing? Is that like British thing or. I think it, it, it really helps to further the plot. And they're like, this is an easy way to drive the exposition. So, you know, that's a good point. You know, let's just use it. I was not sure about the like secretary, administrative assistant. Mm hmm. I'm like, what's, what's happening here? Like, are you, are you actually flirting with him? Or are you like, I can't really read you very well. And then right. The movie goes on. I'm like, oh, that's a choice. A choice. Again, again, where is HR? Right. (laughs) Not there. They're on a different floor. Exactly. Or, or they've contracted it out and there's no, no representation at all. True. We don't know what company they work for. It could be a nonprofit. It could be, you just don't know. I think it was some kind of newspaper type thing, right? Yeah, there's, I know, you know, Carl is a graphic designer and I know in the background it has like people in what seems to be like a third world country and it says like shoulder their burden and it's like, okay, you're here to help people and make designs. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you admit after watching this movie for several years that like there's some lacking in the backstory oh absolutely yes okay that makes me feel better because I my next note is this storytelling is a little disjointed yes for sure um I also have a note about Liam Neeson's character again because I'm like as a stepfather if you do not adopt the child are you a legal guardian yeah, I think the the bridge that my brain had to make early on was like his, you know, his the little boy's mom has just passed. I just kind of assume that he's not a child of divorce and maybe his biological father has also passed. And so, like, therefore, you know, Liam Neeson is the guardian in the will. But then, yeah, he would have to make he would have to take the process and make the steps to legally adopt him. And I just and know I assume for our listeners, get your wills around just yes. in case you pass <laughs> unexpectedly with a child. Yeah. Um, or really just at all. Get your wills around. Um, I did not like the way I felt so bad for Colin Firth when he comes home and he sees his. I was like, OK, who's this guy? You're talking to a stranger like very interestingly. It's his brother. Yeah. Wait, right. Yeah. It's his brother. I didn't. OK. 
I hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. So for the listeners, if you haven't seen it, Colin Firth leaves for a wedding. You kind of assume, because he's like kind of the first story plot that we see, you kind of assume it's going to be about him. Uh, He goes to a wedding and his girlfriend stays behind. She claims that she's sick. Uh, And when he he stops by in between the ceremony and the reception and his brother is there uh, saying, you know, I, oh, I came to pick up some CDs or something. And he's like, oh, so lovely that my girlfriend let you in. And then you find out that they're brothers because he says, you know, offhandedly, like, let's take mom for lunch. And then uh, from an undisclosed place, you hear his girlfriend essentially say, hey, hurry up. We have to finish before Colin Firth gets back. Colin Firth gets over. Yeah. And oh, what a gut punch. Yeah, I felt bad for him. Yeah. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to come home to that, especially after he's probably all feeling lovey dovey because he was just at the wedding. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't love that. Um, what's next? What's your, what's your favorite storyline, maybe? Oh, gosh. So this is where I get really deep and philosophical about the movie, because like you said, the the uh, storytelling is disjointed. It's very kind of campy, kind of British camp, aughts, you know, all that stuff. Um, but in, I mean, in the first 90 seconds, Hugh Grant makes this beautiful monologue about I assume I assume it's his like prime minister speech, right? And he talks about, you have to remember, it was released in 2003. So he talks about um, the planes hitting the two towers. And he says... I was surprised about that. Like, there was a very direct reference to that. Yeah. Which is also a choice, but, like, I appreciated it. Yeah. But it took... I was surprised. Anyways, No, it's definitely shocking. And I think it's supposed to be. But while he's saying this monologue, you're watching footage of people in an airport, like, leaving each other or reuniting and those are real people they just set up cameras and got people to sign releases in airports um so yeah you know he says when the plane hit the towers um i don't believe any of the phone calls were made out of hatred or revenge they were all of love and so 90 seconds in i'm sobbing you know they for real real tears oh my gosh (laughs) yes oh okay yeah i mean i mean it gets me every time i'm even like oh Think about it now, just like, oh my gosh. Because, you know, I, w- I was very young when 9-11 happened, um, but I remember it. And it was, this is very off topic, but, you know, it was a very dark time for our country and for the world. And I don't know, seeing that like two years later, they made a point to be like, hey, there is so to much recognize darkness. it in yeah. some way. There's yeah. so much darkness, but we still, the core is love. Like, that's just a really powerful statement to open any movie with. Yes. Especially one who like so many famous people put their names on, you know, like that's a big, that's a a really cool thing. So, you know, it opens with that. But then what I really love about the whole thing is that it shows every type of love. I was going to bring this up at some point. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) We've got um, sibling love because Hugh Grant and Emma Thompson are siblings Um, And you kind of see them like not have time for each other, but also like are there for each other in like a hard moment. Um, You I mean, you have unrequited love. You have Mark, who Andrew Lincoln, who is in love with his best friend's wife. um, And he has to wrestle with that. You have 
a father and son, you have grief, you have lust, you know, all of Colin's whole thing is sex. Um, you have, I mean, again, Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman, you kind of have that adultery, uh, plot line. You have, uh, friendship, you have new love, you have old love. And then my, I mean, maybe my favorite, like, moment in the movie where they're like this is love is when billy mack <laughs> i yes i do not i do not care at all about his storyline until he realizes that he wants to spend christmas with his manager because he has spent his whole life with him and he's like you're actually the person i love most in the world you're my best friend and like that's oh that's a well, really because he's there whether he's popular or not. Yeah. And they've spent time together. Like it's outside of it's more than just being his manager. They really like he's taking care of him and he's like, This is more than just you being my manager. Like you're yeah. you're my friend. Like you're my guy. Yeah. That one's really touching. And yeah, so the the whole the full circle that they and you know, you've got the again, you've got Liam Neeson's stepson who will do anything to tell his 10 year old crush that he likes her before she leaves. That whole thing is tear jerking and um, just all these different vignettes of love. You've got Laura Linney, whose brother is um, mentally ill and she, you watch her, you know, in a way I'm not, I'm not saying you should sacrifice yourself and be codependent, but you watch her give up what she wants so yeah. that she can be there for her brother. And, you know, there's a lot of layers to that, but it's like, that's what, sometimes that's what love is, you know? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so I don't know. They just touch on every single facet of what love is, good and bad. And it's just a beautiful, you got the language barrier. Colin Firth has a language barrier. Oh my gosh. That one was so crazy. I I couldn't tell if they really didn't understand each other at first because they were talking like they were repeating after each other. No, they were, how do you want to say it? They were like saying variations of the same thing. And she was like, you know, she jumps in the pond and she's like, I better not be this cold for crappy writing. And he's like, don't, don't do that. It's crappy writing. And I just loved that so much. And but then at the end, when he's like, first of all, I love that they were learning it for each other, yeah. like without really, without really having talked to each other, like about their interests. They just sort of, yeah, I guess, had this idea of each other in their heads. They learned the language. And then at the end, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what now? <laughs> Will you marry me? Like, wait a second. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, that's a. I think Colin first, his character, you know, they set him up with this, like, he's very madly in love with his girlfriend who then cheats on him. And so, like, I am not so surprised when he's like, I'm going to propose marriage to a woman I met five weeks ago. Because I'm like, he's supposed to be kind of this hopeless romantic, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, like, in my brain, I'm like, maybe, you know, again, not endorsing proposing marriage to someone you met five weeks ago. Um, ever but it's like he needed someone that was like as in it as he was and the fact that she like also learned his language and was like willing to go feet first with him like that's so sweet that is romantic I'll give it to you yeah (laughs) and I get it like 
that makes sense. Well, I guess makes sense is a really um, generous way to put it, but I buy it when you say it like that, like somebody else to fall, like just dive in with him. And I mean, it's not like they actually got married. Right. Exactly. Could have been the start of the conversation. Exactly. It didn't have to be the end of the conversation. Yeah. Maybe he was saying, let's date and talk about marriage in the future. Like, yeah, yeah. I could totally see myself marrying you. Like, let's let's, let's talk see about what it. it takes to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I have that is so romantic. Oh, wait, we didn't really talk about your favorite storyline. You just talked about all of them. I know I did. And but it's so hard to pick one. I think. OK, because they're think, so intertwined. Sort of, yeah. Sort well, of. Yeah. Because everybody knows each other in some way and like everybody's friends or siblings or neighbors or whatever. I think. um that's what the movie does so well is that like uh, other than Colin, I kind of dread that one, but like when it moves from like scene to scene, I am not like, Oh, dang it. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to hear about this. Invested in each of the storylines. But I, I think if I had to pick, Oh gosh. I I mean, I think it's gotta be Liam Neeson and his stepson. I I think I agree. Yeah. I really love them. And that's my next line is, oh, Titanic is so romantic. And they're like, they're talking to each other while they're watching it together. Yeah. And I just, well, first of all, I'm like, he might be a little young to be watching the non-TV cut Titanic, but <laughs> you do you. Yeah. You do you. Um, but I just love that they're like, we need Jack and Kate and they just go for it. I loved that so much. Yeah. Oh, Jack and Rose. Yeah. Sorry. I went, I went or, real name yeah. and actor name. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what I meant. I, I did. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you find out that his crush's name is Joanna, which is the same as his mom, that his, you know, was so adorable. Yeah. And the, it's just cute. Cause you know, Liam Neeson says, you know, you've, I know you're struggling, but like what's going on. And, his son has this monologue of like, I'm in love. And Liam Neeson is like, man, I thought it was worse. And his, his son says worse than the total agony of being in love. I just so dramatic. <laughs> but it's so What grade are they supposed to be in? Do we know? He's like a fifth grader. Okay. Well, listen, I, I can't like super, super relate, but I can like, I remember feelings were kind of complicated in fifth grade. Yeah, like, absolutely. That happens. Yeah. Um, I love that he sort of, catch me if I'm wrong here, but doesn't he say like, I know I'm supposed to be sad about mom. Yeah. And I really liked that because grieving isn't like linear. Yeah. And it's not, it's complicated and it's layered. And so he could totally be sad about his mom and be longing for this connection with, you know, his classmate at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I really liked that they said that. And I liked that Liam Neeson kept, like, kept talking to him about it because he was encouraging him to like, like, he wasn't judging him for not drowning in his grief about his mom. Right, exactly. And I love, like, I love that. I think it's such a good way to, I don't know, it was judgment-free with his son and what a way to create a safe place yeah. for more complicated conversations with your son in the future. 
Exactly. And I mean, like such a stepping stone. It's also kind of a throwaway line because, yeah, when he, you know, is like, tell me more details about him. He he says, how does she or he feel about you? And I was like, for 2003, that's like really progressive and like good of them to be like, hey, this dad is also going to be accepting of like his son's sexuality someday and like this this dad or this stepdad is like this is his father and this is where he should be and should feel safe and loved no matter what and like again I know it's supposed to be like a haha like joke line there but it's like that really shows just how unconditionally Liam Neeson will support his stepson yeah I love that there's so many layers to this movie and it makes me really happy yeah um I was a little annoyed. I know that we talked about her and her brother and I was like, why are you answering the phone? And then we finally got to see why she was answering the phone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have empathy. I get it. Like you're like you said, sort of sacrificing the thing that you want. But I'm also like, do you I think is a good way to say, like, did she have to do that at that minute? Like. Where's the boundary there? Right. But she doesn't know because that's kind of what she's always done. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, she talks about, you know, like our parents are no longer with us and we're Americans living in England. Like you can just tell that she has been in this like caretaker role for so long. And, you know, Carl says to her, like, you know, it won't make him better. So like, maybe don't answer. And that's why I'm like, I don't endorse like codependency and, you know, throwing away your life to take care of someone else. But it's, yeah, it's, I can empathize with that of like, you know, if you don't know what those boundaries look like and you don't know, you don't really know what you want outside of being a caretaker for someone you love, then like, what are you going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. it makes me notice though, that if she doesn't start opening herself up to other people, she's only, it's only ever going to be her and her brother. Exactly. And that makes me a little sad because at some point she's going to need support too. Yeah. And I think like as humans, I don't understand why we do this, but I'm more often than not, if I think about my friends and I try to reach out if I haven't heard from them in a while, because for whatever reason, when we're struggling, we like pull away from people yeah. and I'm like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Now, like, that's when you need to just make the connection. And even if you're not having the full conversation, even if you're not like right there next to them, just having the connection can be helpful. So it makes me wonder, like, for her next, like, the next time this happens, maybe she'll find it a little bit easier to, hopefully there's next time. Yeah. She'll find it a little bit easier to maybe not pick up the phone or maybe try to open up a little bit to somebody even if it's not somebody as handsome as he was (laughs) even if it's just a friend yeah I think I would buy that I mean I think that's also again a a layer this movie's like lasagna you know oh yeah um I think that's another layer to her storyline is you know she's been in love with this guy named Carl for as long as she's been at this company which is like almost you know it's like two and a half years or something and they finally decide he takes her home and they're, they're going to hook up after this Christmas party. And, you know, they're both very excited about it. But in my brain, I'm like, you're, you've pined after this man for so long. You don't want to get to know each other. Right. You know, you have this idea of who he is. Exactly. And it's like, you know, yeah, Christmas party hookup. I, 
I, I understand that things happen, I guess, but it's like, you have spent so much of your time hoping to fall in love with this man and like seeing your future with this man. You don't want to get to know him, you know? And again, like, even if they are like kissing on the, on the sofa bed or whatever, and her brother Mm -hmm. calls, they do kind of have this conversation of like, my brother's not well. I just, you know, I'm kind of here for him. And Carl says, you know, I understand life is full of complications. complications. And then they go right back to kissing. And I'm like, slow it down, you guys. Figure <laughs> this out first. That one was interesting. Yeah. How did you feel about the president putting the moves on? Oh, gosh, I forgot her name. Natalie. The Prime Minister. Natalie. Yes. Natalie. Yeah. So that's also one of my favorite storylines. I mean, I would say Liam Neeson. Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, those storylines are the A plus ones. The top. Um, but yeah, Billy Bob Thornton plays the American president who comes for like a, you know, a conference. And we don't really know what they're supposed to like. We have no clue what they're talking about. But it's very like, we're not going to move this line. And yeah. we're, you know, it's very. Yeah. But it's America vague. is not doing something that Britain wants them to do. And Britain really wants them to do it. And people think that the prime minister should be like, you need to do this and take a hard, you know, like line with the president, like that you need to do this. And the American president's like, listen, we're not even going to entertain this. It's just not even a thing. Yeah. And so I it was I think it's funny that they got Billy Bob Thornton to do it. And he does it so well. He's very obviously supposed to be a Clinton type president he's got the kind of like drawl that clinton has and he then also tries to make a move on the prime minister's um catering manager who the who the prime minister is also kind of crushing on so it's this like very it's funny watching it as an american right because you're like oh yeah you know sometimes our presidents are (laughs) are not great (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we have weird guys in there. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he's t- there. It's the president, and the prime minister alone in a room. Hugh Grant steps out for, I think we've counted before my mom and I, I think he's gone for like 20 seconds tops. And Natalie comes in, they like pass each other on the way out. And by the time he gets back in, the president's already like leaning in to try and kiss her neck, basically. And she's kind of standing there in shock. Like she doesn't really know what to do. And, you know, she gets excused. And uh, the, the, min- the next you know, day at the press conference, the British people ask, Mr. President, did you have a great time? And he's like, yeah, we had a great time. I'm, I'm still kind of a bully. <laughs> And then Hugh Grant goes into this, again, a beautiful monologue about like yeah. all the things. He's got some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, truly. And he has this monologue about, you know, we're a great country full of uh, the Beatles, Sean Connery, Harry Potter, David Beckham's right foot, David Beckham's left foot. Um, I did love that little bit. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is del- this is delightful. Yes. And so and I mean, he basically says like I will go to war with the president like in so many words he's I think he says um because bullies only respond to strength in the future I prepare to be much stronger what a way to say like I recognize that maybe I haven't been as strong as as my constituents feel like I need to be and I'm going to remedy that going forward like yeah 
he is again some of the best lines in this movie yes and then you know it goes on that he kind of uh redistributes natalie he feels like he can no longer um kind of flirt with her and crush on her which what a way to say redistribute like yeah okay weird that's just weird and then i did not love i have to tell you the office manager or whatever is like the heavy one or what did she say like the chubby one the chubby one they make so many cracks about her being chubby and i'm like who are we talking about here like she looks very pretty yeah she is like (laughs) she's a normal looking person yeah you know what i mean like she she is normal and even slightly thinner than normal and she yeah she has a joke about oh my boyfriend left me because he said i was getting fat and that i have thighs as big as tree trunks and then the office manager whose name is annie regrettably um says yeah she's chubby and she has huge thighs um her family makes a joke they call her plumpy I don't love that. And I'm just thinking like, this is how people talk about her behind her back and in front of her face. Exactly. But I'm also like, how demeaning maybe to put her in like, for that to be her sole identifier. When she's not even. Like that's all that makes her up of who she is. There are no other descriptors. I know. And and it's also not a good message to send to young women who were watching it like me, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, I know again, the aughts were just the time to like body shame women and to be like, you know, if you're over a size six, then you're fat basically. Um, but I, I don't know. I choose, I think for a long time, I chose to believe that they made that joke. Cause she's very obviously not fat, you know, but then I'm like, Making it an ironic type thing. But then you look, you pair her next to 17 year old Kira Knightley, who's supposed to be playing the same age. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Kira Knightley is not any, like you could blow her over. Exactly. No one, In this movie, no one who is 26 looks like how they looked at 17. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, let's stop perpetuating that. That image, yeah. That's so, for, I think, in the whole movie, that was the one thing that I was just, that and the Colin story, the Colin storyline, not Colin Firth, don't be confused yeah. here. Um, <laughs> that and the Colin storyline were the things that I was just like, I I could totally do without this. And only the Colin, because it didn't really, like, it was kind of funny, but I was like, dude, you're just a little you're kind of creepy. He yes. was kind of giving me creeper vibes. Oh, and no. if, he, yeah. if he wasn't being creepy, I would have been like, okay, we're down. Get laid. Go for it. <laughs> but he was being creepy and that just, I didn't love that. But that, and then it just didn't age well with all of the fat jokes yeah. about her, which I thought, first of all, like, it, I think it was just unrealistic. So yeah, it was. That bummed me out. And then I was like, I'm like, what would my identifiers be if people were talking about me and they're like, oh yeah, you know, Jessica. And they're like, um, the short one, (laughs) right. That would probably be the big one. Um, you know, and I'm like that. So that's just an interesting little tangent that this movie got me thinking about. Yeah. I always got, oh, the girl that looks like a meerkat, a meerkat. Oh yeah. I got that all the time in high school. Annie, you look like a meerkat. I think it's because I was tall and a little twitchy. (laughs) <laughs> it's all in a little putty. 
Oh man. I was just hyper aware, you know? Uh, I think you're beautiful, Annie. I think you're beautiful. I'm missing your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So I didn't, the other thing, the other storyline that I did not super love, but I did love is Emma Thompson's storyline. Oh gosh. Oh, this one might get me crying if I think about it too much. Um, like, yeah, no, go for it. No, I just, hold on. I'm just scrolling through the rest of my notes. She's just this pillar for people that just aren't even her. And I just feel like she deserves to be treasured and recognized for that. Yeah. You know, she thinks like her husband comes home and they're chatting, which is surprised me that that was her husband. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't see that until later on. We got the intro to both of the characters. We didn't see that very, like until later on. They're talking to each other, but they're not like, I don't, I don't know what the word is. They're, they're talking to each other, acknowledging each other, but they're not romantic in any way. Right. They're not really friendly in any way. Yeah. Like they're just like sort of, this is what it is. Cordial. Acquaintances. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of a bummer. And then they go shopping and he's picking out the necklace, which by the way, ugly Ugliest necklace, necklace I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm sorry if that's your style, but okay. And then the guy is taking forever to pack it up, which I appreciate. Love that. But also, I totally understand. Like, I totally related to the person that is helping me check you out. And I I try to keep this in check because they are people, too. Exactly. They're just trying to talk to you, and you're just trying to, like, get your groceries and leave. Yeah. And so I I relate to both sides of that interaction. Oh, absolutely. Which I think is hilarious. Rowan and Atkinson, then, a king yeah. of comedy. Oh, yes. Like, yeah, amazing. <laughs> like, without even trying, amazing. Yeah. And she finds the necklace in his pocket, and she goes to pick out her thing under the tree. Guess what? Not a necklace. And you just see instantly, like, she processes it. She's like, you know what? I'll be back. Give me just a minute. I got to go. Yeah. And she just breaks down, and then she gives herself a couple minutes, and she, like, Locks it up. Yep. And I'm like, first first thing I wanted to say is, mm, I am not a person that can cry and then it doesn't look like I've been crying. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know how she did that, but that was amazing. Probably because they weren't actually real yeah, tears. Movie, movie magic. Movie magic. <laughs> but, but I think there are people that like really can do that. And I don't know. That was just, that was just crazy to me. And then she, she doesn't get to process this relationship or what's happening at all. Right. Because people are counting on her mm-hmm. to do things that she has to do. Yeah. So like, I feel I grieve for her in that way because I'm like, you've, if you've ever been in a situation and it's taking you a minute to process, but you really can't mm-hmm. because you have to go do whatever you got to do. And then you're like, it's in the back of your head, just like rolling around though. And you just don't know. And it's right there. And so yeah, Emma Thompson storyline Probably one of the most, uh, like, feeling-y storylines. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily my favorite. She, But I get it. Yeah, she definitely, out of every single person in the entire movie, gets done the dirtiest by far. Especially because um, at the end you see that they're still together, but even unhappier than they were before. Um, and it's like, you don't, you know, you don't know. Is he still continuing a relationship with his assistant? Is she planning on leaving him? Like, we don't know. Um, 
Yes, there's so much like unresolved right there. Exactly. Like just in like the couple lines they have at the end. Um, and the thing that really, my mom loves Emma Thompson just as a person. Um, so this is definitely shout out mom if she listens to this podcast. Um, she she loves this storyline, but especially because um, little fun fact that's not so fun. Um, right around this time was when Emma Thompson found out that her husband, Kenneth Branagh, had cheated on her with Helena Bonham Carter. What? Yeah. And those are all names you know, and they're all in Harry Potter, and they all had to work together. Is that, were they, is that the Harry Potter movie that he was in? Did that happen around the same time? Uh, yeah. I mean, what, let's see. Chamber of Secrets probably was 2002 or 2003. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh were married. I don't know how long. Um, and then he famously cheated with Helena Bonham Carter. And it was around that time that she was filming Love Actually. Um, so that scene where she's listening to Joni Mitchell and I've Looked at Love That Way, which is just a heartbreaking song in and of itself. Um, but you see, you know, you see these like family photos of, you know, them and the kids and all that stuff. And all you can think about when you know that tidbit is like, Emma was really living that. Oh, yeah. And like, oh my gosh, what a thing to have to film when you're actually going through something like that. Right, like so raw, which maybe is why she's so like captivating at it. Like you connect with it. Yeah, it's because it, yeah, it feels real and maybe because it is. Um, But yeah, and she, you're right. Like she's just like, she's a pillar in her, in their home. She's a stay at home mom. She makes her kids nativity costumes from scratch. One of a lobster, one of like, a lobster, on. yeah. <laughs> what the heck? And then you find out early on in the movie that she's like the best friend or like a childhood friend of Liam Neeson. So she's there at his wife's funeral and she goes over and helps him process. And it's like she's there for so many different people and wants to connect with her husband. That's the hardest thing, too. A, a small thing to catch is they show them like sleeping together one night and she's turned towards him and he's turned away from her, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. We all sleep on one side. It doesn't, you know, don't read into it too right. much, but in the movie I'm reading into it that she's, yeah. you know, she's reaching out towards his side of the bed and he's like shutting her out. And that's ugh, heartbreaking. Um, but like, again, it's showing that part of love where it's like, you know, the sometimes the sour part of love of, yeah you know, being taken for granted. And, and, you know, she has that, she has a great monologue too, of like, if you're in my position, like, do you cut and run or do you stay and know that life is always a little worse if you do like, Oh, what a, what a thing to say. Well, also like what a way to confront it too. Like I don't, she just totally nails it and just, like has the conversation. She doesn't really have the conversation. There's not a conversation. Yeah. It's a, she tells him, I know this is what I'm dealing with now. And then she walks away to, to continue to be there for her children. Yeah. But I love that she had that because I love that it blindsided him. Yeah. Because she was blindsided. Exactly. And I, I just love that because I felt like you just get those moments where somebody does something horrible and you you can never really zing them back. And I know I don't mean like you should tie fire with fire necessarily, but sometimes it's just like 
you feel like you let them walk all over you or yeah, something. Absolutely. And I feel like it was very vindicating that she was able to say something. And also like what courage to actually say something to him yeah. versus just ignoring it. Like she gave, she gave it words. Right. Right. So instead of just ignoring it, I don't know. I think that's a big deal. It's, it's something worth noting. Yeah. Anyways. And the, I mean, the real zinger that she gives him is, you know, he eventually talks and says like, I've, I've been the fool here. And she says, yes, but you've made the life that I lead foolish too. Because, you know, like she says, like she's a stay at home mom. She's raising their children. She's sacrificing every day for like the life that they built together. And he had, yes. and he's just cut it down. Yep. And, and I, again, for the viewers or the listeners that have not seen it, uh, we don't, it's not, it's not believed that he ever does actually um, enter, like not entertain. We don't know if he ever physically cheats, you know, it's like he, right. he kind of flirts with his assistant and then he buys her a necklace. And that's, that's enough to be like, yikes. Right. But um, I think that like vagueness of like, you don't, she even says like, we don't really know how far the cheating went. The movie doesn't allow us to know that because in the end it doesn't matter. You know, he's right. He's broken a piece of her trust and it's broken. Yeah. And their relationship is definitely less than it was before right. when she, when she thought that even though we aren't like connecting the way we want, we're still in it together. Right. Um, the friend, Andrew Lincoln. Oh boy. I knew we would get to him eventually. I always like, so I, this is the one thing everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is the most romantic gesture. Like even the Ted Lasso Christmas episode, mm -hmm. Christmas episode did like a little nod to the signs, which yeah. I, I thought was cute. And everybody's like, this is the most romantic thing ever. And I'm watching this storyline and I'm like, one, he's super great friends. I mean, you're led to believe like he's super good friends with the groom. He's like best Love friends that. with the groom. It's adorable. Like, yeah. But they're like, they're like tight. Best yeah. friends. They're not just like, oh, we're buddies. He's They're like, like his best man. He loves him. Yeah. They like, they love each other. They are, they are with each other. Yeah. Um, like in life, they're, they're with each other. And I love the, the Kira Knightley characters. Like, I just, listen, I don't know. I don't know why you don't like me. We've got to make something work. Yeah. And the whole thing, I'm like, I go back and forth on this because I'm like, what a jerk. Like, just be nice to her. But this is literally a defense mechanism for him because he's trying not to feel the feelings. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I understand it, but I don't like it. <laughs> and then she watches the video, which I, I even like wrote down. I'm like, okay, so now we know why there are no shots of the best friend. Like, this is why he's being a jerk to her. Like, which you don't ever actually see him like, it's not like he's being outright mean. He just is very withholding. Yeah, like very, very guarded yeah. and kind of like snooty. Yeah. This is a very interesting dynamic when she's like, we've got to, like, we should at least be friends because this, you're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to be out of each other's lives you're, with the way these yeah, relationships work. Your best works. friend is my husband now. Yeah, like we, we've got to at least kind of like each other. And so, he leaves the the loft or whatever after they look at the footage and he's so torn up. 
I felt like we're really seeing the conflict that he's dealing with. Yeah. Like he was really trying to hide that and not let anybody know. And then, you know, the whole thing explodes. He knocks on the door. This is what I don't love. In the signs, he makes a comment like, we get it. They're cute little signs. Very prankster, very on brand. Yes. Also, the wedding, like he organized the walkout with mm-hmm. the extra music playing. Yeah, that he's, was he's so, an over the top kind of guy. Yes. And he is a romantic guy. So I loved that about him. He's going through the signs and he says something like, you'll be perfect to me always. Yeah. Or something like that. And I was like, okay, I was with you until you hit that card mm-hmm. because the rest of the cards make it seem like he's really trying to let her go. Yeah. But they've acknowledged it now that he's got this, this unrequited love for her. Yeah. And that he's trying to let it go. But then he says, you'll be perfect to me always. Yeah. So way to make it awkward. Yeah. Like if you had just said, like, this is how I feel about you, whatever. Fine. Okay. But then it, it got a little creepy. He goes to leave and she comes and kisses him on the mouth. Yeah. Which I'm also like, no, this is, this is weird. Because then what are... Like, you're just never going to tell your husband that you kissed him. His and best you're never friend. Gonna tell- yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel like I was I was along with that storyline. And then I was like, mm. Yeah. Mm, you kind of like just, I think they could have done it better. So, I have, I have a weird history with this particular storyline. Um, because when I watched it as a, you know, a young teenager into like, you know, early college maybe you know you have your share of heartbreaks you have your share of unrequited love you have these things that you like I'm I am a very crush on your friends no no I don't think I ever had that okay just check it I mean because that's that happens like that's not a crazy right concept um but you know there's I'm I'm a romantic in that I'm like I just I always want the people that meant something to me to like I want to say these things to them, but like, you know, you can't because life. Right. And so I remember watching it, you know, as a younger person and being like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, so beautiful. And, you know, it's, you know, he's, he's letting go because he's, he's like afraid of losing her altogether. And she kisses him and he tells himself, he tells himself enough now, you know, like, leave it be but as a teenager I was like he's saying that that's enough for now that he's gonna try and get her back some more (laughs) um but you know now as like a full-blown adult with a a full fully cooked prefrontal cortex (laughs) right um emphasis on that (laughs) yes don't I don't love it and it's because like you said yeah I totally get the self-preservation thing I think I think in a way we've all been there, you know, like I don't want to be hurt and I don't want to hurt anyone else. So like, I'm going to kind of become someone I'm not totally get that totally understandable. But like when they watch the footage and you realize the whole day he's been filming, he's been filming just her creepy. First of all, creepy. Even if you're in love with your best friend's partner, it's their wedding day. Film both of them, please. Right. Weird. Um, and then, yeah, the, the card thing, you know, that's, that's the part of the movie that everybody parodies, you know, that's the kind of memorable thing. But when you actually watch the movie and you realize the context in which he's doing it, 
first of all, how did he know that his friend wasn't going to answer the door? Right. What if his friend answered the door? You're just going to be like, oh, hey, here's some cards in a boom box. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, weird. And then, yeah, he I also am on the train with him because he kind of alludes to, you know, that he was kind of just in love with the way she looked. Right. Like he never let himself get to know her because he was already kind of in love with the idea of her. But then he goes a step further and he says, like, to me, you are perfect. And I'll, and my wasted heart will love you forever. And it's like, oh, Ooh. that's the line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like love you forever. Yeah. It's like, nope, 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 nope. And then, yeah, when she like kind of, you know, the kiss is very much like a like a closure kiss of like a hey, thanks for telling me. I care about but you, it's too. Definitely still a kiss. Definitely still a kiss on the lips. You could have just been like. Hey, you know what? Come inside and watch TV with me and my husband. Let's tell him. And let's the three of us, you know, get used to being together. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's like, I'm going to let him walk into the night with a kiss from me. This girl that he's idolized from a distance. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I didn't love that. I did like at the end though, that he goes with them to pick up. Colin Firth. Colin Firth, their friend. From the hospital. From the hospital. No. <laughs> no, not from the hospital. From, from the, the airport. airport. From the airport. Yes. And and it did seem like at that point they were in a better place. So I just I just try to like hold on to that piece right. that they're in a better place relationship wise and it all worked out. And that was just a weird thing that happened. Yeah. Again, hopefully. again, the young romantic in me was like, wow, what a beautiful thing to do to somebody. But again, as an adult, I'm like, what a weird what yeah. a weird thing to do with somebody. Well, I think you made the comment. You said, I, I don't even remember how you said it, but I wrote my, the note that I wrote down was at what point is what you say to somebody for them? And at what point is it for you? Mm-hmm. And that becomes the difference between are you acting selfishly or selflessly? And then there's obviously that balance because at the same time, you shouldn't be making decisions for that other person either. Exactly. Like, so, yeah, it's like, absolutely absolutely get it off your chest you know you're totally allowed to be like you know what i'm i'm fully confronting these feelings i've had for this person do it in a in a counseling center you know (laughs) do it to a do it to a trusted (laughs) therapist don't do it to the person who like will take that and run with it (laughs) right there are appropriate avenues to have those conversations yeah hey even your other friends would be acceptable to let exactly. them know and maybe they could help run interference for you. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. For me, it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, sometimes, sometimes you're allowed to get things off your chest, but sometimes getting them off your chest will hurt you and others more. <laughs> yeah. So don't. Exactly. <laughs> so don't. So don't. Suck it up. Yeah. Be, Be more like, like Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, two more notes that I had, like, Sam learns to play the drums. Mm-hmm. Aww. Ringo rocks. And the other guy learns a language. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Jeremy, what have you learned for me, honey? Honey pie. Nice. What have you learned to show me you love me, babe? <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that's super cute, like super cute gestures. And I wrote that yeah. down. And my last note is Colin Firth is like a good movie kisser. He is. You're right. Like he has good kisses in movies you're right i don't know if i've ever thought about that all that much because honestly my my first big colin firth exposure was mama mia 
Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. You have to remember I was a, a child in the I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I forget this when we chat, but yeah, Mama Mia is as your first, like Colin Firth is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I think of him obviously as Mr. Darcy, which right. is the thing. Of course. I also think of him in like the Bridget Jones movies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about, he's just seems to like have a good movie kiss he does he's got the smolder down somehow yeah I don't, I don't know what it is i wonder if like i should have googled it to see if like it's a it's a thing that people think about him but <laughs> do we all agree that colin Firth is a good yeah he's a good movie kisser. Kisser. yeah yeah do we i don't know i don't know um and hugh grant also is like a lovely like romantic comedy interest yeah, guy like for sure. he always plays the comedy in a very good way like yeah, just low key. But well, his his funny. little dance break in the movie, um, classic. Yes, loved that. Um, just I mean, I we watched it just this weekend to prepare for the podcast, and Ian was like, "Hugh Grant is an amazing dancer," and I was yeah. like, "I was like, all he really does is like stick his arms out and jiggle his pelvis around," and Ian's like, "Yeah, I think that's the key." <laughs> <laughs> it was very um like like awkward but charming. Well, because I think he'd committed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was just like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. I'm just going to dance. And it's for me, mm-hmm. not for anybody else. And I think people like, I think people are drawn to authenticity. Yeah. And so when they see him doing this, even though he's an actor and you don't know if that's how he really dances in real life, <laughs> they connect because it definitely seems like how that character should be dancing. Exactly. Well, and you know, Hugh Grant and in everything he does is awkward yet charming. You know, that's his whole yes. shtick. So it's like, of course, we're going to want to watch you dance down a flight of stairs. Yes, I loved it. Okay, that's all of my notes for Love Actually. Oh, man. Wow. Do what you have movie? any? You want to add? I think, I mean, the only thing I feel like we haven't fully touched on is, you know, the ending scene. We get kind of a curtain call. Um, yes. one month after Christmas. So the, you know, the big climax of everybody falling in love and all the, all the stuff happening is on Christmas. Um, you know, Liam Neeson jokes throughout the whole thing that he's going to remarry Claudia Schiffer. And then he meets Claudia Schiffer, um, playing a random mom, which, you know, that's a fun little sprinkle oh, in there. I forgot about that. Yeah. I do love that, that he, they connect at the end of the Christmas party, I think. They, and, they connect or at the beginning. They connect um, after they're like at the school play. Like they both at, have oh, sons yes, in the play. play. Yeah. And she's like, don't worry, we'll talk again. And he's like, we will. And she's like, I'll make sure of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like he needed that. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, he he quips several times that he's going to date Claudia Schiffer. And then they got her to be this like you know, mom at the play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so then one month later you see all these people kind of in the curtain call reuniting and they're all in the airport. So, you know, you have the opening with just all these, you know, strangers, again, people that just signed release forms saying, you know, you can film me at the airport. And then you get all the, you know, big names in, in British film, um, meeting at the airport. And, uh, you see, again, you see Emma Thompson, you know, you don't really know where it's going, but you know, she's still not happy. You see Colin Firth and all of that love triangle connect. You see that Martin Freeman is engaged now and 
which is crazy. Also, I, we didn't actually talk about him, but I do like him. Like that storyline? Um, him as an actor. Oh, yeah, of course. We, we, didn't, we didn't talk about his acting chops, I, which I just like. He was so good in um, just, I don't know, everything I've seen him in, which yeah. probably isn't a ton, but obviously. Yeah. He's good. Well, and love good. actually, I feel like is kind of the thing that maybe I'm maybe I'm totally wrong and people are going to roast me for this too but I feel like Love Actually was kind of his first big like blockbuster you know like this was kind of the first time that he shot into that stratosphere of like I'm with the big names and I'm yeah you know and yeah he plays his part so well and again like I said I'm I'm upset that I didn't even though there is a lot of nudity with his you know it's like you you are missing something when you don't see that uh those snippets because it's just lovely but you get this curtain call at the airport and then um the film plays god only knows by the beach boys god only knows what i'd Which be without is amazing. you oh my gosh um and they Such and they well go back song. to showing all these civilians all these people in the airport like you see fathers and and grandfathers and children and sisters and brothers and everybody's just hugging and crying and happy and it, you know, zooms out and, oh my gosh. They're just so happy to see whoever it is they're there to see. Yeah. And it's just, And there's love. And I got to tell you, picking somebody up from the airport, that is love. Absolutely. You don't pick anybody up from the airport. Yeah. That, that's, that is an act of love in itself. Um, I did not expect the, the little girlfriend. Joanna. Oh, Joanna to be coming back after a month. Like, they sort of led me to believe that she was just like, she was moving forever. She's going to America. Yeah, no idea. I don't know what her parents do. I don't know why they keep going back and forth between America and England, but it works out for Sam. <laughs> yes, yes, good for him. Oh, and I love that they're there with the other guy, the other the other classmate and, right, and his potential mom. new girlfriend. Yeah, and they're like, oh, there she is. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's very cute. Well, and we also didn't talk about this as much, but when he, when Sam runs through the airport and the only way he's able to do that is because Rowan Atkinson, who the only time we've seen him is when he's stalling Alan Rickman. Yes. Comes in and like distracts the security guard. And what a fun way to like include his character again. Yeah. You know, cause, cause you like him, you want to see him. And it's just a, it's just another fun, like, nod to his character yeah, and he gets and he, to do that and too. And he gives Liam Neeson kind of a knowing look of like, he's, I, I always say he's like the Clarence of he's like, he's like the guardian angel of love actually, you know? Oh yes. I love that. So yeah, yeah I just, I, for me, it is a, a classic. It is my Christmas movie. Um, the other, my other Christmas movie is a Muppet Christmas Carol, which I know is being talked about on the we Flabber just released pod. that ap- that episode. In fact, oh, is it released? Yes. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm gonna. I know what I'm doing right after this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have to say, talking to you, like I watched it and I'm like, blah. <laughs> this is cute. Some of these storylines are okay. I don't know if this is like classic Christmas movie, but after talking to you, I think I probably will watch it at least one more time. Cause I agree about like the layeredness, mm-hmm. but, and maybe like, I just need to be in a different kind of mood to like really appreciate it, which I did appreciate it. It's just not one that I'm going to probably watch every Christmas, but I, oh, I think I might watch it again just to like, 
give it another shot. And I, I, and I totally don't blame you. I do think that I just happened to watch it for the first time at a very formative age. It was, you know, again, the young romantic in me was like, wow, what a, a beautiful thing. And then, you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, this is corny. There are some, there are some (laughs) plots where like, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, I think a couple years ago, and they said something like a lot of those plot points are kind of selfish. And they were referring to specifically Andrew Lincoln's um, with the signage. And I'm like, you're right. They like some of them are really selfish, but like some of them, like Laura Linney's are almost not selfish enough. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's it's showing all of these uh, complexities of like love and, you know, real love isn't selfish and real love isn't codependent and it's none of those things but all of those things play into what love is yeah all of those things play into what love is it's not just defined in any one action or one thing right it's a it's a layered it's complicated I mean it's complicated but it's simple like you love somebody or but how you show it and how people see it and understand it is is what's complicated I think yeah humanity is just complicated (laughs) It's interpreted in so many different ways. So I do appreciate that about the film. I also have to say, Annie, I feel very kindred with you today because you were like, this is probably too deep. It's supposed to be a fun, like a fun, like, haha, cutesy. And I totally relate to that because sometimes I watch a movie and I'm like, something strikes so deep for me. And it's, I connect with it so well that, so I relate to you saying that for sure. Oh yeah. And appreciate it. Absolutely. I, again, shout out to my mother. I am the daughter of an English teacher. So everything I watch has like 8 million meanings about what it means to be a human being. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So do you think, does your mom still love it the same way that she did? Like back when you watched it together for the first time or is she kind of like, uh, no, I think, I think she was excited to watch it with me. Like the, the first time we ever watched together, I think it was more that she was excited that like we had a potential new girls movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if she was as deeply connected to it as we are now. It was just kind of like, oh, I know that movie and I like it. And like now my daughter's old enough to see it. Let's do it. Um, but now it's like, you know, I only see my parents once a month ish. And my mom uh-huh. made it a point. She's like, I was just up there this weekend. We watched it together. Um, she made it a point. She's like, you know, you can come up for any reason. Um, but we are going to be sitting down and watching love actually. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the reason that I love it so much and that's why I'm like, I don't care if anyone else thinks it's like missable or fluffy. It's because the core memories yeah. you have associated with it the core memory is like i watch it with my mother and like who, yeah. who do i love more than my mother you know right so yeah right that's i was talking to somebody about that these movies that we feel like are this these huge things and rogie and i talk about this too like did we love it because of what was happening at the time and it just like became part of that experience or is it really a good movie? And we actually like the movie. Right. Yeah. I, I typically watch movies, um, because of the way they make me feel. I do not care if they're good movies or not. See, I think I resonate with that too, because Jeremy will say that my movie standards are very lacking. They're very (laughs) low. Um, but I think his are very, very high. So Jeremy, it's a wonder that that's one. It's a wonder that, 
that's one of the things that we enjoy doing with each other so much is going to see movies. Yeah. So, so interesting. But if you listeners would like to call and comment, you can call 240-MOVIE76. You can also text that number 240-668-4376. And you can message us on the Instagram at FlabberPod. And listen to us, you know, wherever you download your podcasts. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for chatting with me, Annie. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For sure. This won't be the last time. No, no way. Okay. Love it. All right. Bye, everyone.